But before we begin, can I just, I need to comment on something. Okay. Your old school MTV tank top that you are wearing is so cool. Oh my God. (laughs) I, where do you shop? You know what? When this pandemic is over, can we please go shopping? Yeah, but this isn't new. I know this is. I don't even know where I got this from. God, I love it. It. Thank you. It is so cool. It just looks. Oh, you just wear the hell out of things, and I'm not sure how you're doing it. Maybe I need to get an arm tattoo. Like I don't know. I'm doing something wrong here. Anyway. Ooh, ooh, look at those guns. <laughs> what? Are you telling me that I can have those with consistent? Exercise and healthy eating? It's bizarre. I don't know where they come from. I've done a lot of push-ups. You can do push-ups? Oh. Yeah. How? (laughs) What? Welcome to Breast Cancer is Boring, a podcast about breast cancer with Jocelyn and Lauren. Whether you have breast cancer or any other kind of cancer or you're just a weirdo who's super (laughs) cancer curious, welcome we hope you enjoy because breast cancer is boring, but we and you mm-hmm. are interesting. I love it. We're talking about cost, the money, mm-hmm. the cash, dollar, dollar bills, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> they say the best things in life are free, but fuck that. I want money. and breast cancer has really chipped away at my dream to be super damn rich and squirrel away just a massive amount of money for my retirement um all the things all the things uh before we get too far into it i have a few announcements oh announcement number one The Susan G. Komen, L.A. to NYC, Virtual Metastatic Breast Cancer Conference is still happening. I checked in on some of the panels that they're offering. It's all virtual, so you can just go from your computer. There was stuff on finances. There was stuff on sex life after breast cancer or during breast cancer. Um, There was some good stuff. I I join a roundtable at 6 p.m. Central Time every Friday for 30 minutes cool. and we talk about random stuff. Yoli, who's been a guest on this show, Yoli Oracle, she is also on and it's a good time. So you can check it out or not. You know, just, I don't know your life. I don't know what you're into. I don't know <laughs> what your triggers are. So you can avoid it like the plague if you need to. Otherwise, we'll be there. Second thing, in national news, I'm having surgery. On Monday, I'm having fat grafting. I'm having this implant downsized slightly so that it matches this right size, uh, this right side that um, is my radiated side. And so this shitty skin kind of shrunk my boob a little bit. Um, I'm not mad. Not going to be bitter about it. Still a 32C, which is for me the size that I would have chosen for myself. It is still of a boob-like appearance, which I'm very grateful for. So, fat grafting, implant exchange, and 
they're going to tidy up the edges of my abdominal scar a little bit so they're not as like uh, puckered. You know, the skin kind of puckers at the edges there. Oh, yeah. So they're just going to kind of go in and smooth that out. And uh, I will be doing, like I did for my deep flap reconstruction, an audio journal of that to help anybody along. Got some good advice from you, Lauren, that I'll put in there as well. And uh, I will try to serve as an example of what to do and potentially what not to do for others (laughs) who will go behind me. Um, Third thing, also in national news, and this is just a general PSA because we're people and it affects us. Uh, There's an election coming up. I don't know if you've heard, but (laughs) we're going to be electing things like new Congress people, new Senate people, uh, likely in your districts, new sheriffs, new judges, new, just like all kinds of stuff. Also a new president. So the window for registering to vote is closing and there are like lots of places you can go to check if you're registered or to get registered. You can go to vote.org. You can go to votesaveamerica.org. You can go to, oh man, get your booty to the polls.org. Nice. And if you haven't seen the video, just stop what you're doing now, pause this podcast, and go to your internet browser and type in Get Your Booty to the Polls video and just enjoy it because it is probably one of the most effective advertising marketing videos I've seen in a long time. I've got to see this. You really do. Because it is, it's just fantastic. (laughs) There are very few things nowadays that warm my cold, dead heart. And uh, this is one of them. So get your booty to the polls and vote. (laughs) And yes, secretly, I'm hoping that you vote the way I want you to vote. Not even going to lie. But... Any which way you're going to vote, just, just do Very it. Very important. It's democracy. So cost, money, mm-hmm. all of the words for money. Um, I want to bring in, I would like to orient all of us to a new concept that I was oriented to in doing some light research. Very light, I use that term very lightly, research on this topic. And that is the concept of financial toxicity. Ooh. Financial toxicity is the concept that cost plays a significant role in how people seek and even if they seek treatment. Right. I think we've brought this up a little bit before in one of our previous episodes of how someone is going to seek out or complete or even start treatment. Exactly. And you are, of course, Mm -hmm. referring to the 2013 article in the oncologist that found that uh, a quarter of all cancer patients chose not to fill their prescriptions due to cost um, to save money. 20% filled them, but took less than the prescribed amount. 19% just partially filled the prescriptions and then 24% avoided filling prescriptions altogether. And these, all of these patients studied were, had insurance. So that's not even including people who don't have insurance, which is something that for some unspeakable reason we tie to employment in this country. And as we will get into here, it is very difficult to keep your employment when you get cancer. 
Right. Um, so those are the old numbers that we went over in our last episode. But the new numbers, here's just some stuff I found in a 2019 study in the Journal of Oncology Practice. They surveyed 607 women, stages zero to three. They found that 28% reported that cost was prioritized over breast preservation and appearance. So they want... Man, that's tough. Uh, that's rough. Mm-hmm. That's... I can't... I'm trying to imagine... I mean, I already said it. I knew when I came out of this, if I could, I wanted to end up with 32C. And I wanted it to look as natural as possible. And so I'm going back for fat grafting. I don't have to do fat grafting. I don't have to exchange this implant. I don't have to have this scar cleaned up, but I want it. Mm -hmm. And I can have it. I can't imagine wanting that. And then for reasons not being. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's likely worse than that. Because we're talking about breast preservation, which means that some women, instead of choosing to go flat, instead of choosing an aesthetic flat closure, which is a legitimate choice that women should have and, and should be able to talk to their plastic surgeon about, they are forced to do that because of cost. I think it's worth mentioning, and the study mentioned this, that 90% of the participants in this study were white. And why does that matter? Well, let me tell you. In a 2018 study that the American Cancer Society has on their website, um, this was a study about physician engagement with patients related to cost of treatment. Is your doctor talking to you about how much this is going to cost? This was a much larger study. So 2,500 patients were surveyed about their financial burden. And they found wow. that while 21.5% of white respondents reported having to cut down on essential costs like food, 45.2% of self-identified black respondents reported the same thing. So wow. 21% if you're white, but 45% if you're black. The study was not even about that. It was not even designed to look at disparities in cost burden by racial group. It just happened to be one of the results that they found. Wow. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. I know. We have to just be a better society. Well, yeah. And we also need to have people, I mean, I think if you look at top healthcare organizations, and I'm focused on healthcare because that's the industry that I'm in, and so that's where I can actually affect the most change. And if you look at healthcare institutions, just look at the, the big one, the Big Ten healthcare like organizations. Follow their org chart all the way to the top. The higher you go, the more male and the more white it gets. And if those are the people making the decisions, is it any wonder that it, we're not doing service to people of color? When you have virtually no representation uh, in a real tangible way. And then you get into why that is. And also, I mean, 
I think I said this, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I think it was a, a physician the other day and we were kind of struck because we had never noticed it before again, cause we're very white. Um, but the nursing books, the medical books, when they're showing you pictures of this is what this rash looks like, or this is what um, a healing wound looks like, or this is the color of a sunburn or a radiation burn, it's all white people. The skin you're looking at in a book is all white people. And those same things look very different on different skin tones. Yeah. And yet, I mean, it's so pervasive. And that's without... That is even before we get into historically reasons why people of color may be suspicious of the medical community. <laughs> you know, I don't know, because maybe we used to experiment on you without your consent. The Tuskegee Airmen, Henrietta Lacks, who uh, is a black woman that we basically stole her cells and to this day continue to use her cells in medical research. It's just... It's almost mind-blowing that any person of color would seek out medical treatment. And then imagine if they go do that and all the instructions you get as far as what to look for after, you know, a rash that looks like this and it just doesn't describe you or your body. Right. For women as well, when I was learning about trauma and and you look at all the diagrams for the abdominal cavity, which is one of the most dangerous places to have a trauma, it's always a male's abdominal cavity because the uterus and the ovaries are absolutely part of the abdominal cavity when you're talking about trauma, and yet they're not represented at all. So it's just these things, some of them more overt than others, that really need to change if we're going to, like, if we're going to serve everyone. Yeah, which we should. Absolutely. Oh, my God, we keep veering off. It's my fault. <laughs> it's just hard to talk about cost and not recognize how differently that looks. Yeah. You can just look at mortality rate for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Some studies put it at four times. Women of color dying at four times the rate as white women. And, oh, wow. and that is, again, adjusting for access and um, continuing, like, the kind of care they're receiving, all, all of those other factors. That's, that's controlling for those factors. So it is. So when we talk about, um, you know, cost of breast cancer and... Mm-hmm. I also, you know, something that I like to talk about a lot, and this comes from my experience in working in a hospital, but also on the uninsured and underinsured side, mm-hmm. and really understanding that um, there are even things out there, um, programs that that people can apply for, even undocumented um, people here in the United States can receive financial help. And um, our job is not to deport people. No. (laughs) Um, So 
I but think I understand that is... why someone would be paranoid, especially with where we live. Right. Um, but I think it's really important to speak out about and make sure that people understand that most entities, um, even though, like what Jocelyn says, a lot of the textbooks and, and leadership comes from, um, you know, Anglo-Saxon males. Mm-hmm. Um, Protestants, there are, Anglo-Saxon males. Right. There are a lot of programs and there are a lot of um, really wonderful people that have so many tools to help um, with those scary financial responsibilities. I know in Austin, we have the Breast Cancer Resource Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is not a plug for them, but they do offer a lot of um, resources for those who are uninsured or underinsured. And I think that's really important that people know that, that it's not, um, there's not a dead end to getting help and the help you need. Yeah. Even though the cost of this is astronomical. It's astronomical and it's not just the money. It's not just like, I need a CT scan, I can't afford it. It's, I have a whole list of things that are like, not even treatment related things. And then I tallied up all the money that I can figure that I, like the bare minimum amount of actual cash money that I have spent out of my pocket so far since 2018, August 2018. We'll get to that later. But, and also... Before I go into the intangibles and all this other, the, ec- the extras, I just want to say the reason we have to have these programs where they have to help you pay for your PET scan is because we don't offer health care to every individual person to meet their individual health care needs in this country. Right. And when I go to vote, that is my primary thing. I believe healthcare is a right as a nurse and as a person. I believe healthcare coverage is a right. I don't believe that it should be tied to your employment because it makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. And everyone should have it. Everyone who lives here, everyone who pays taxes here, and some people who don't pay taxes here should have it. Mm-hmm. And when I say people who don't pay taxes here, I'm talking about the rich ass people who don't pay taxes. Let's not be fooled. Okay. And that is what I'm willing to spend my money on. I'm, I am willing to do with a little bit less so that people I don't know and will never see and who may actually be garbage people can still have healthcare coverage because everybody should have that. Everybody should have that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I think it's also worth mentioning, since it is Pinktober, and screenings and early detection have a huge effect on your mortality and your quality of life going forward, that Planned Parenthood will do that shit for free. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who you are. Find a clinic near you. I know it's hard right now to find one. 
but they will give you a cervical screening. You can get a free mammogram because that is what they do. So get yourself screened. Don't worry about the money because there are actual organizations out there doing the right thing. Yeah. And that's who I'm going to support with my money. That's left you know, over after I pay for my breast cancer. They also have, um, there's companies that are third party companies. Now it's not free, but if you have the income, but you don't have the insurance, like what Jocelyn's saying based on, you know, um, where you're employed, which is ridiculous. There's also third party companies, um, like there's a company called MD save. It's like the group on for healthcare mm. and you can buy a voucher for a mammogram. You don't have to have a physician order and you just buy your voucher and it'll tell you which different facilities take those vouchers and you just take your voucher and you get your mammogram. Now, yes, you do pay for the voucher, but the only thing that you have to have is a physician that the orders go to because again, there has to be a physician that reads um, or receives the results. You want but a physician to read your results. Right. Um, the, the cool thing about uh, the, this, like, a, like I said, a group on for, for healthcare, like radiology services, this is the only one that you can actually buy without a physician's order. And um, you can literally buy it and you can use it within 30 days. What's it called? MD Save. I had no idea. Yeah. This is, a, this is something different, you know, if you, if you do have the money, um, uh, but you don't want to bother with going to a physician to get an order, you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And look, there's a lot of reasons why people... Don't go to the doctor. Yeah. I can't. I'm not going to shame anybody for that, but. No. Hell, there's sometimes I don't want to go to the doctor. I never want to go to the doctor. I'm like, no, not again. So many reasons why. Mm. Money being one of them. It's always a gamble. Every time I go to that clinic, and I love my doctor. I think you love your doctor. I love all my doctors. I have multiple now. Uh, I'm collecting them. I'm hoping to get a full set by the end of this cancer treatment. Uh, <laughs> but because uh, their powers combine, then then we can summon Captain Planet. But I, it's always like a gamble when I go into the clinic, like, do I owe money or don't I? Because I never know. And I think like I mentioned before, I went in a few weeks ago and it was like, surprise, $900 bill. I was like, okay. Oh. I'll just, here you go. Here you go, guys. Because, again, I'm very, very rich. So, I mean, oh I don't know if you've heard, but I have in my apartment, not only do I have a living and a kitchen area, but I have a bedroom that's an actual separate room. <gasps> yeah, my closet is so big, I can podcast out of it. So just try to conceptualize that. <laughs> so, okay, guys. <laughs> I have a balcony okay. that I can sometimes sit on when the train is not going by and when my downstairs neighbors aren't smoking. So I'm pretty rich. I'm, I'm living a pretty good life here. Okay. <laughs> However, there's a lot of costs. And it's not mm -hmm. just the upfront cost of your insurance that you pay for monthly. Oh, I didn't even calculate the 
actual cost of my insurance every mm-hmm. month. Your Man, premium. I'm really lowballing myself. Yeah, my premium. Mm-hmm. I just factored in the deduct. Then there's the deductible that you have to pay to even yep. get to the discounted rate and to get some yeah. things for free. So pushing that aside for a moment, because we all recognize those costs as healthcare costs and costs of doing business with breast cancer. But here are some that are not directly treatment related that I could think of. So non-pharma symptom management. So creams, lotions, and potions for that radiated skin, for that dry ass chemo skin, for those nails that are falling off, all of that. Then I had clothing like cotton t-shirts for radiation, bras and bras and more bras because tissue expanders and then you're a different size and then you're two different sizes um, yeah. clothing and then, to accommodate yeah. weight gain or weight loss to hide your port, like things like that. Mm-hmm. Bandages. Oh, good one. Gauze and. Yes. Ace wraps and mm-hmm. abdominal binders, apparently, and compression garments. Ice packs and Ice packs, heating pads. Heating pads. And mm. I know. Eels. Then there's <laughs> special diet needs because I don't know about you, but I saw a nutritionist when I was first diagnosed, and apparently I needed. Oh, all, I remember that. Oh my god! I needed these supplements. I needed vitamins. I needed protein powders and other kinds of powders that I don't remember the name. <laughs> what was that one powder that I? Uh, I don't know, magic powders, I guess. You needed those, okay. so you need all this special stuff. Then there's aesthetic needs. Scarves, scarves, and more scarves. Oh, God, God. so many scarves. Things to wear under and your earrings. scarves. Yeah, and, and then earrings. earrings. Uh, and yeah. then plenty of eyebrow pencil and gels and weird stuff so you can have eyebrows. So you can actually create the look, which for me was a three-product game. I don't know about you. It was intense. Yeah. Pretty intense. Um, yeah. Industrial strength concealer, false lashes. Yeah. And for a lot of women, wigs. Yeah. And those are expensive. They are. And hot. Expensive. And they are hot and they're hot sometimes. But they're also hot. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really cute, though. And yeah. Uh, I just never got into it. I wonder if I will next time. My. Next time, what are you saying? Oh, that's yeah, a- I'm, I'm on a whole thing right now. Yeah. No, that's not, and there's not a next time. I, uh, I realized, so I couldn't figure out, um, like most people, why this fucking and temporary pandemic was so, like, devastating to me. <laughs> and I think what I have figured out, not that I'm suffering more than, you know, the average person, because, again, I'm very, very rich. Um, but (laughs) if I keep saying it, it might be true, but I think what it is, is this all feels like wasted time between cancers. Oh, I know. I know that that, (sighs) I'm just, honestly, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at in my brain right now. I'm about to use your middle name. (gasps) Do you know Mm -hmm. my middle name? I don't. Wait, do I know it? Oh, wow. If you do, like, we're super close then. This is a milestone for us. Oh, my God. I feel like you told me your middle name before. I probably did. It's not a secret. It's just kind of funny. Darn. It's me. Okay. I'll have to think about it. I'll come to you. 
It will come to me. I just... I'll wake up in the middle of the night. And you'll scream it. <laughs> and your husband will be like, who is that? Um, I, I didn't realize, like, it's not like a conscious thing that I'm doing where I'm bookending my life with cancer, but I just, I, I think I had to, I have to acknowledge that that is there, you know? I'm with you. And then, like, I'm work through bucket. it. I got to try to get past that, though. Yeah. No, I'm in the same bucket. I think ultimately, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because the, everything is so traumatic and you know that, and basically what science tells you is if your body had the ability to do it, or your cells, excuse me, mm-hmm. had the ability to become cancerous and create a cancerous mass once the likelihood of your cells doing that again is relatively good (laughs) (laughs) in a terrible note i know and (laughs) that's true you're right i don't mean i just yeah nobody likes to talk about it but there are plenty of people who have cancer once and don't get cancer again ever That's don't die true. from cancer like a, it's just a shit hard. ton of people like hundreds sure. of thousands of people yeah and it, i think that that's hard though for um people like us mm-hmm. to imagine that just and i think a part of it is also first time having cancer being relatively young going oh crap <laughs> <laughs> I thought this wasn't supposed to happen until later. <laughs> oh my God. And that's another kind of cost. Again, yeah. that we'll get to because it's part of the intangibles. So mm-hmm. for me, because there's all these like products and things and tangible things that you can track with receipts. And then there's the intangibles like personal relationships, your sense of self, your oh, yeah. mental health and well being, which therapy is actual dollars, but. The loss, I wrote here, the loss of a concrete feeling of invincibility based on nothing but your own perception of who you are. Or maybe that's just me. But (laughs) I legit used to walk around the world thinking nothing bad was ever going to happen to me. I have no evidence to support that. I just (laughs) know that that's how I thought because I know that that's not how I think now. And the difference is 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 pretty uh, substantial. Yeah, for sure. E- like Bleh. everything. It, it not just like cancer, mm-hmm. but remember when we used to get on planes and we would travel places. Mm-hmm. I never for a second thought, well, this plane's going down. But after I got cancer, now I'm planning a trip. I'm thinking about, well, what happens if the plane does go down and I die? I should probably have this ready and this, like, it's morbid. You know what, though? It's okay because you're faced with your own mortality in a big way when you are diagnosed with cancer. Regardless of how serious your cancer is, uh, it's the word cancer. I mean... It just doesn't really matter. 
stage one, stage four, stage million, doesn't matter. Um, breast cancer, lung cancer, skin cancer, doesn't matter. You go, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And then, yeah. what did I do? How did I get this? And then, how much is this going to cost me? Exactly. And then, oh, my God. No, it's part of my life for the rest of my life. For the rest of your life. It'll always mm-hmm. be like, and some days it's, you know, like right now, it's more in the front of my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm about to have surgery. I am literally recording a podcast about cancer. So, you know, that's right. a thing. But <laughs> other days it's, you know, in the back of my mind. And I think the further out we get, the more it can move to the back of our mind. But I think for me, the real power comes from having it in my conscience. Conscience? Conscious. I think conscious is the word. Having okay. it in my, in my conscious life and being able to look at it and reckon with it and still go about my daily business, you know? Like, mm-hmm. kind of, like um, desensitizing myself to it and yeah. just planning, you know? Yeah. You know, I think that that um, this also brings to a really interesting point about the choices that women make or are forced to make when they have um, different kinds of cancer is, mm. and also the, you know, the lasting, um, physical scarring that you have that you can see all this stupid time literally every day of my life Ah, from every angle (laughs) I can look down and see it I can look across and see it I can I can feel it yeah this abdominal scar I think when when Shauna Vogt was on the show and we did the deep flap episode she talked about it feeling like you're always wearing this belt in the front. And if you, if I'm, and I'm fresh, but she's two years out, I think. And, and it's still, it's always going to be there. It's always going to be there. I am always going to have this knot in the back of my, in like right here because of my limited mobility in my arm and how that affects also where I carry my stress. My stress, courtesy of, in part, answer. <gasps> oh, God, I can feel it clicking, and I can hear it clicking. Oh, this is gross. <sighs> anyway. I know. And I'm lucky. And I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah. I'm getting to make the choices for the most part. I didn't have a choice. Well, I did. I, I could have gone flat. And that is definitely a choice. It's just not a choice I wanted to make. I want boobs. But I got to make, for the most part, all of the choices that I wanted to make. Right. So this is best case scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's still like this. So I'm so interested to know when you said you worked out the cost. Yeah. Now, 
but minus the insurance premiums. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm going to think of like more stuff. I did. I worked out the cost. Um, before we get there, specific to job costs, because I, I read a study, because what I was trying to figure out is part of the intangible cost for me is like lost job opportunities. Mm. You know, if you're in a career and you're looking at upward mobility and promotion and then you get breast cancer, I know it affects some people more than others. And I wanted to find some kind of study that looked into what is, because the cost of that is more than just, if you're, if you're lucky enough to keep your job, then the costs are losses like not being promotable. Not being able to interview well with a, a an aggressive haircut for a woman, you know, <laughs> culturally not acceptable hair length, which is an absolute thing. Yeah. Again, that women of color have known about for a very long time, and my white ass is just now getting acclimated to in in to a much lesser extent. But I did find a 2017 study. That's that showed that women in low income jobs that are are at a higher risk for losing employment while going through cancer treatment. Mm-mm, that's so terrible. Not only do they have less money to begin with because they're in lower income jobs, but then they're at a higher rate of losing their job, which guess what? Also means they're losing their insurance if they had it to begin with. And, and who can afford Cobra? No, no one can. Even the ACA, depending on what state you are in and depending Mm. on how the states enacted it, like in Texas, I'm sorry, y'all, but because this has been a historically Republican-run state, they do not accept the full extent of the ACA coverage. So when you go to the marketplace and try to get coverage through the Affordable Care Act, Mm -hmm. you are not getting the full benefit of what that coverage could look like and the subsidies available to you because your representatives are playing political games, and this is why people hate politics, and limiting your access to health care because it is in their best interests. Look it up! <laughs> and oh. what I'm saying is we need options that supersede these individuals acting, these rich people, first of all, these rich-ass motherfuckers, Hello, Neo. I'm not talking about you. Terrible rich people. You know what, Neo? I want coverage for animals, too. Boom. I want universal health care for humans and animals. And I don't even love animals. (laughs) I think... I mean... I love that other people have animals. And I love interacting with your dog over Skype. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't really want to meet him in person. Well, I have met him in he's person. So, he actually is a really nice dog, I gotta say. So smushy. He's very, he's gotta... um, he doesn't like rush you, you know? I don't like no. those, those dogs who like run up to you as though you are delighted by their very presence. I'm not. <laughs> and we're also not best friends. I literally just met you, okay? <laughs> I'd never seen you before. You've never seen me before. I'm not your best friend. Like, give me some distance here. It's just they don't have a really good concept of, like, social skills. So that's all I'm saying. 
But Neo, <laughs> he gets it. He, does. He, he pretty much looked me up and down and was like, yeah, I'm just going to see what, what happens here. That's why I can respect a cat. I don't like cats, but I can respect them. <laughs> you know, I like the, uh, the pessimism that they represent. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like their suspicious attitude. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anyway, we were somewhere with this. Yeah, we were going on insurance. People are losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. People who need their jobs the most are losing them because of right. cancer. And you'll be shocked to, to know this, but the majority of these women were persons of color. Uh, Shocking. Uh, you know what's crazy is mm. um, right before I was diagnosed with cancer, I had just gone through um, having a hysterectomy due to a large mass that was um developed on the back of my uterus anyways um and i was out for a good while recovering from that and i literally joked with my employer at the time and i said what if i have breast cancer are you gonna fire me <laughs> like like oh. i mean and i mean and luckily um, the position I was in and who I was working for is very sensitive person mm. also had gone through cancer himself. Oh. Um, so did he get so, the joke? Yes. He totally <laughs> laughed with me. He, he was like, what is, kind of animal? He's like, what kind of animal do you think I am? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I'm just messing with you. I'm like, I'm not going to have cancer. But honestly, he was like, don't even say that. Honestly though. Yeah, but you know, I just, and, you know, there's going to be people that are probably forced to work. I mean, and I, I worked through my cancer, my treatment as much as I could. Mm -hmm. There might be people who are forced to do even more. And because um, there were days that I had to be out, mm -hmm. just couldn't get off the floor. <laughs> no, couldn't. And also, no. I don't, did you file for FMLA? Um, like no. intermittent FMLA. Oh yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, Me I did. Too. Which, if you don't have that at your job, they absolutely can fire you for having cancer. Because if Ooh. you miss too many days of work, legally, they can fire you. And even though I didn't think my boss would fire me for losing days of work from cancer, because I don't work directly for garbage people, but I just did it anyway because I wanted to also protect, I just, I don't know, a part of you just dies inside when you get diagnosed with cancer and you just don't trust anything. In so, but I could call in, you know, the day of work and just call the line, put it in as FMLA, and I could have done that as much as I wanted. And I just feel like those protections need to be available for everybody. And also, God damn it, you shouldn't have to work when you have cancer unless you want to. Yeah. But the fact I, is, I couldn't yeah. change jobs now if I wanted to because I don't know what's going to happen with pre-existing conditions. And right. if there's a chance that they're not going to be covered anymore, 
which there is a chance that there that it'll either it'll the ACA protections will be struck down and there will be this gap in coverage for people until something else is able to be put in place which depending again on who is sitting in those seats in Congress and the White House will either be it'll be very quick or it will be never so yeah that's scary just getting a shot every month my gocerolin Mm-hmm. I looked it up. It's about $2,000 a shot. That's after it's been run through insurance. I don't know what the out-of-pocket for me would be if they ran it without insurance. But that's not just really something I can swing. Or I guess I should say my life my life would have to look very different for me to swing that. Yeah. I mean, I can move in with my mother, I guess. Oh. Thanks, Mom. Um, anywho, should have married Rich. God damn it. I mean, who would have known that a social worker wasn't going to make bank? You know what I mean? I didn't realize their earning potential is, uh, capped out. So very low. Anyway, priorities in this country. Super messed up. Mm -hmm. So, cost. Even if you do get to keep your job, good luck getting a promotion. Good luck increasing your base pay so that you can contribute to your 401k so that you can have an easy retirement when you get cancer again. Anyway, oh my God, so <laughs> I, I ran the numbers and again, I'm really lowballing myself, but here are the, the numbers that I could come up with. Actual okay. cost, di- D2D, diagnosis to date. $9,000 in insurance deductible. So that's 3000 That's my insurance deductible per year. For 2018, I met it. For 2019, I met it. And for 2020, I've met it. $9,000. That's not even counting what I pay to have my insurance every month. Yeah. Try covering yourself, your spouse, and your two kids. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Again, I'm aware of my intense privilege here. Um, $2,000 in wardrobe items. Look, don't judge me. Okay, people? (laughs) These are just the numbers. Don't judge me. $2,000 in wardrobe. Oh, do judge me. I mean, it's kind of your choice. Scarves, clothes to hide the port. As we've talked about, post-op robes, compression garments, comfortable Mm -hmm. shoes to address the way that my feet hurt all the time now. New bathing suits to hide the abdominal scars. New bras because these things keep changing sizes. And we don't live in a culture that accepts nipping out at work. Let's change (laughs) that, people. Normalize (laughs) nipples. Normalize panty lines, please. Because I'll or, tell you two things that I'm super n- over. Or no nipples. Okay. Okay, no, that's true. You know what? Hmm. Normalize breasts in all their forms, including no breasts. Whatever you got. You should just be able to put a shirt on, and whatever happens underneath that shirt should be your own damn business, and other people can just get over it. <laughs> $1,000 in cosmetics. <laughs> Ooh, this is such a low ball. This is so, I am under, that's like probably per year, but I couldn't bring myself to be more honest about it because I'm shameful. (laughs) Lotions for uber dry skin. 
lotions to treat scars, to treat radiation burns, industrial strength concealer, better brow products so that I can look mm-hmm. like I have brows and just all of it. Skincare product after skincare product. Yeah. Body care product after, like, I'm not even counting the facials that I justified because of all the wrinkles I'm going to have worrying and stressing about my cancer. $500 in aesthetic medical procedures not covered by insurance, and I'm specifically talking about my laser treatments for my scars. Did I have to have laser treatment on my scars to make them less noticeable? No. Does it help my mental health that they're less noticeable? Yes. $500 in random ass other shit. So heating pads, foot soaks so my toenails didn't fall off, massages for the constant knot that is my right shoulder now. Grand total, $13,000. And I, that is the lowest possible amount that I have spent. I mean, it's, it's got to be more than that. But, but just, let's just say, best case scenario, $13,000 with hella good insurance. Yeah. And a full-time ass job. With benefits. Oh, uh, yeah. It's ridiculous. And people go bankrupt because they get cancer in this country. Mm-hmm. You want to change it? Yeah. So, yes, please. <laughs> Are you calculating your costs over there? I'm trying. Okay. Because I'm, I'm interested. I mean, I am not anywhere close. Yeah. I'm going to have to come um, the number. What's the number? What do you like ballpark it? Uh, I, I don't know. I was like trying to look at my, um, I think that I spent a lot of money on, um, not just scarves and clothing, but I think that I was trying to, make myself feel better you know because yes, I, I didn't even include i was not pleased with the way i was you know and i was like okay well how am i gonna dress myself to give me more confidence and you know but i also like for uh, having kids i had to put on a show for them you know and like the amount of makeup it is really egregious (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. if i were to just go through the sephora receipts which i did not do i just ballparked it honestly based on memory because uh, but i'm telling you every time i hit checkout on that sephora cart whatever it is you feel better i feel so much better and I know it's a maladaptive coping mechanism, but hey, it could, totally. it could, I could have a worse maladaptive coping mechanism. What's your amount? What's your ballpark? Like, tell me what you think is the lowest possible amount that you have spent on breast cancer. Oh, crap. Uh, it has to be at the very least like fifteen thousand dollars twenty thousand maybe more mm-hmm. i mean i'm just thinking about 
like you said, all the deductibles and mm-hmm. the co-insurances and then the visits like, you know, chemo visits and going to have just regular doctor visits and then all the other doctors that want to see me. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, $20,000. That's a car. Probably more. That's a to be new honest. car. It's, it was probably more. That's a um, master's degree. <laughs> it was a lot. It a was lot. a lot of money. I guess. So <laughs> this episode kind of just dead ends because I guess I was just feeling sorry for myself and I really don't have anything for anybody. But if you're like me and you're hella rich and privileged, you should donate as much as you can to places like cancer centers. Find breast cancer organizations in your area and donate money or your time uh, when you're ready. I mean, I'm still in a treatment window, so I still get to be pretty selfish. (laughs) But, you know, just pay it forward. Yeah. A lot of those things that you won't use again, you know, you can definitely give it to um, a cancer center. I've seen, especially new patients that are receiving chemo for the first time and, you know, all their hair is falling out. And um, I had the sweetest ladies that were like, oh, my gosh, how do you make it look nice? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, where did you get that scarf from? Well, you can give them all of those things. Yeah. You know, you can give them all of those, wash them and then give them to them and, you know, there's going to be somebody who is really, really grateful. Yeah. You know, you know? what? Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. Do it. In conclusion, <laughs> breast cancer, like most cancers, costs a fuck ton. It costs cash money. It costs you a lot of financial viability, lost wages, lost opportunities. That's if you can keep your job. Intangible costs like relationships with others, relationships with ourselves, body dysmorphia, all that's good stuff. And if you don't have great insurance, a flexible job, or are inherently white, you're basically fucked. So if you are privileged in those ways and you have expendable income, put it where it can do the most good. Vote Mm -hmm. and consider how your vote affects those who need those resources the most. Donate your money, donate your time. And if you have those privileged and know of someone who doesn't be their guide yeah help them find those resources or if you so there's people that don't have the internet I <laughs> the internet should be free yes that's and also something i pay for they need help there's so many resources out there that they don't have access exactly. so and they don't know about them it, yeah, if you want to, if you want to help, put that out there. You guys, put knowledge is there. power. For sure. Share your knowledge. Share your experiences. You don't have to have a podcast. Also, if you want to have a podcast, you don't have to have the setup. You don't have to have the microphones and the garage no, band you, and the podcast. fancy, the fancy intro music, which is also super professional and. <laughs> Should be recognized in some way. 
When people ask you questions, answer them honestly. Be just give of yourself if you have nothing else to give. And take advantage of people who offer you things like that. Take their money, take their scarves, take their robes, take anything and don't feel guilty about it. You got anything? You got anything else? I think that's it. All right. That's it. For breast cancer is boring. That's it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We're on Instagram at Breast Cancer is Boring. You DM us, we're going to answer all your questions in detail, probably more detail than you want, but we're there. Most likely. We're here for it. We're here for you. Vote early. Vote often. <laughs> Just kidding. Am I? No, I am. I'm really kidding. Don't. Obviously. But whatever. 